It's so annoying being a uni applicant. Why can't why can't they just like? It is irritating. I mean, and on top of that, I don't like. I don't it's different in in schools across the country now because of the way that this is working. But the majority of exams are still taking place in May, which means that a lot of pupils sitting their exams are not going to know if they are applying for Glasgow, whether they're getting an unconditional or a conditional, or whether they've got an offer at all. Yeah. Which is just going to, like, it would make oh, life so much easier and, and less so stressful for people if they knew that. And also, what if you decide to, to focus less on one subject and then discover afterwards that it's the one subject that you needed to get a good mark in for your conditional place? I know. Like, I'm, I'm not invested in history right now. But I bet it will be the the subject that we get that my offer will be conditional on. I hate. You just, I just hate. hate. I just hate. I'm just a hateful person. I just I'm just a hateful person. I hate the, the whole uni applications process. I wish it was just like you know. I, I I wish you could just study uni, like study at a uni level degree at your school. And on that, it's time for the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Words Without Wisdom, the podcast where we answer the pressing questions that you did not know that you wanted to know the answers to. My name is Evan Dixon. And I'm Matthew Lyon. And, uh, I mean, what can I say, Matthew? It's been a busy news day. It has, well... When I say busy, I mean the news has been filled one with... One thing and one, one thing only. story, and that is... The death the, of... The, the passing of, of the Duke of Edinburgh. Sooty. <laughs> Sooty. It's actually the 70th... And uh, no, it, today is the seventeenth birthday of famous YouTuber Tommy Innit, and also it's the when did Shaun of the Dead come out? What year? Because it's the anniversary. Two thousand and four. It, it's I don't the know. anniversary of Shaun of the Dead today. Two thousand and four. I was somehow right. Ironically, a film which contains a character named Philip, who is a zombie, or who dies and becomes a zombie, <laughs> and people were asking Edgar Wright to tweet a meme about Prince Philip to do with the zombie thing in his own film and he was like no I'm not doing that because that's horrible oh no, <laughs> oh, no. so yeah of course um, oh, so, yeah. Prince Philip so so where, where were you when you learnt that the Duke of Edinburgh had passed away I was sitting at this very desk bored and then the BBC news thing came up and I went that's not surprising I was in the car and then I got you know, I got a text from you saying Prince Philip is dead. He's dead. Oh yeah. I was I was quick on the ball. And then, I wanted to be the first to share the news. I, I like being the first to share news stories. And then I Googled him and nothing came up and I was like, surely he's lying. Yeah, why would why would I lie about that? <laughs> I don't know. And then I went to Twitter and then the Associated Press had tweeted it and I was like, Well it must be true. And then I You really I, don't have post you know, notifications on for Her Majesty the Queen on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Twitter because it gives me blood pressure. Oh, sure it does. I forgot you deleted your Twitter. It just it just gives me anxiety. Anyway, and then you know my 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 mother and I put on the car radio, and it was like Madonna on BBC One on Radio One, and I was like frantically trying to find the news channel, but it hadn't broken yet on the radio. Ah, breaks very quickly. And then and then they started playing the national anthem, and it was. I just hate the national anthem. Solemn. Sorry. I hate the national anthem. 
Yeah, it's a bit sycophantic. I thought you were about to defend the it's national anthem the way you sounded there. I was like, I don't like... You were like, what? I oh. will defend the national God. anthem to the death. <laughs> Save, Save our, our gracious queen. We're going to have to pay royalties. Who owns it? Who owns God I mean, yeah, copyright strike for... for our, I mean, we're, we're so from accurate queen, from, to, from the queen. The Queen will come down and... <laughs> I don't know if she owns the copyright. I don't I don't know. I don't imagine anyone owns the copyright. I feel like that would be a bit of a weird thing. It's probably public domain. I think national anthems tend to be public yeah. domain. But and it's our, it's our unique country? performance of it. the national it, anthem so. of, like, South Sudan is public domain? Um, Why would it... I, I don't really know. Like, they, only, well, they, they were only founded in, like, 2011. So. I feel like the state would commission the writing of a national anthem, though. And then that would then just not... It would be, like, released, you know... In the an, national anthem of South Sudan is called South Sudan Oye. Oye. Is it Oye? Oye? What does it mean? It's, I think it's just a sort of scream. Oye! Oh, right. Just like, South Oye! Sudan. Well, South Sudan. Like, yeah, Oye is an equivalent of hurrah, apparently, ah. in South Sudan. Could you imagine if we had United Kingdom, hurrah! <laughs> And that was just the name of the national anthem. I mean, Real Britannia is like. Oh, but that's like an that's like a, a title that makes sense. Like at least you know it's like a it's like a, a phrase. But could you imagine if it was like the announcer know. on the the Queen's Jubilee had to stand up and say, "And now we will sing the national anthem, <laughs> United Kingdom, hurrah, hurrah, hurrah!" And every time you say it, though, then, it's like uh, a decree. You have to go hurrah, and you have to say it with gusto. We should do a segment on like the world's hottest national anthem. Why do you have to describe them as hot? <laughs> the world's most catchy national anthems. Oh, we actually maybe should. we'll That'd do a whole a national anthems episode, but not this episode. Oh, we should. <laughs> no, not this episode. We have many. Is it like a world national anthems day or something? Let me just. I'll um, let you frantically type. Obnoxiously type. Yeah. It. March the felt or we've missed it. So the actual death of Prince Philip, my initial reaction would just be, I don't care. <laughs> like that sounds Neutrality, cruel. you know. But on, on a human level, I care because well, it's another life lost. Yeah, well, yeah, on a human level. On a human, yeah. I I'm mean, he's a, he's a, he, no, well, on a human level, I care. Like he's a, a husband, a father, a grandfather, a great grandfather, you know, and like all those people are suffering loss and that's, you know. That's a human thing, and, and obviously yeah. there's sympathy there. Sympathy, but not really care, if you know what I mean. Exactly. But, I w- I'm someone who would probably consider themselves a humanist. So, you know, I'd, I'm, I'm not, not going to rejoice in anyone's death, but I'm not necessarily uh-huh. going to mourn it either. Yeah, I, I I mean, it's not someone we know personally. It's just, he's a, 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 like, on, on any, in any normal circumstance, if someone just died... I wouldn't mourn it because it's not someone I know personally, but I'm even less likely to mourn yeah. it when the, that person is essentially a symbol of everything that's wrong with British democracy. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the Queen is probably more a symbol of... True, a symbol of... Well, democracy, if he's but... still a symbol of the monarchy as a whole and the royal family, yeah. which is a... You know, every one of them is. Kill them all. Guillotine. But, you no, know, I, on, the, on the one hand, I'm, 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 it does make me... I'm I'm not a fan of the the whole like no I don't I don't find like re- rejoicing and in you know it. and I'm yeah. not a fan of it when it's like Thatcher I'm not a fan of it when it's anyone like, I don't know I'm a fan of, I'm really. a fan of it when it's Thatcher yeah well I think if you that's... if you are responsible as Thatcher is for the deaths of that many people like the, the indirect deaths of that many people I think then your death can be celebrated possibly 
Possibly. Would you celebrate the death of uh, like a an evil terrorist? Well, that, that's that's a that's a good point. See, and and I'm not saying point. that you 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 um you should. I I I wouldn't say like depending on you know, but it's just that I was just wondering if if you kind of judged. I was just I was trying to check if you were racist. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, yeah. I just I just feel that I I don't like giving people a pass just because they are evil of another sort rather than evil of an explicit kind but at the same time i wouldn't celebrate prince i'm not celebrating prince philip's death i am i am no, sympathetic I'm neutral to it yeah and you know i'm i'm like people are free to debate prince philip's public service record i'm sure he did do some pretty nasty stuff i'm sure he did do some pretty good stuff people mm-hmm. are people are not black and white that is very true. From what I've seen of, of Prince Philip's public record, it's mainly one of hypocrisy. One of save endangered species and proceeds to shoot a tiger and, and take pictures with it. Or, you know, a, a belief in... It's quite, uh, a lot of the media today have been talking about his environmental beliefs, but he also thought that the would there should be compromise, as if compromise is possible in a the, in a way to prevent serious climate change you know or and 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 of course as a rich man placed the onus on the individual rather than the corporation or the the massive producers of of co2 etc uh-huh. but then he also did insist that like the tiger was lame so i mean who knows no one was there i don't trust him <laughs> i don't know people everyone's a hypocrite about something probably true. Not, you know that That's doesn't give them a- absolutely true of course, this this also yeah, has also so. allowed one of the funniest news moments of the day when they got John Sentamu or John Sentamu or whatever it is <laughs> on the BBC and mid interview he just started praying live on the BBC and I was like yeah I don't is this I caught, is this I caught about half of it allowed it's like I mean yeah it's uh... it just seems like a sort of strange it was I was deeply I don't I mean I don't like John Sentamu. Uh, already because he's a massive homophobe but um you know and generally all around terrible guy member of the house of lords one of the the bishops in the house of lords i believe or at least he was at some point mm-hmm. um no boys i think well he was the archbishop of york so i think by ex officio he would have uh, yeah well, he definitely would have so generally not a guest guy and i mean but yeah that's pr- prince philip i'm like uh, you know yeah people people are gray i think i'm learning that more and more people are people are not People are complex. It's true. He doesn't get he doesn't get me any holidays, so (laughs) (laughs) I should not say that. I'm just glad it wasn't the Queen. Because I if the Queen had died during something that was already a holiday, I would have been royally pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think about that. I did that by accident. I genuinely didn't think about that. Oh, amazing. Oh, that makes it even better. It does make it better. And with that terrible <laughs> pun, I think it's time to move over to everyone's favourite section or subsection or podcast within a podcast of the Words Without Wisdom podcast. It's, of course, Hot or Not, or America's Hottest Politicians. Welcome to America's Hottest Politicians with Matthew Lyon and Evan Dixon. So, uh, of course, you know the you know the you know the score. You know the game. Evan will present to me someone who uh, an American politician who he thinks is hot, and I will presumably say that he's not. But you know, I'm still waiting to be swayed. 
uh, and we'll we'll go over his statistics and you know how Evan ranks him in terms of hotness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so, Evan, you've not actually told me yet, but this week's uh, hot or not candidate is who? So, this week's hot or not candidate was the seventy-second governor of Maine, serving from nineteen ninety-five until two thousand and three, and subsequently became the junior senator from the great state of Maine, um, starting on in January twenty thirteen. He is one of two independents in the United States Senate, and he recently reached the great age of 77, and his name is Angus King. Angus King, fantastic. Now, of course, I know of Angus King as uh, the only other independent in the Senate, um, and also for looking... Bernie Sanders, in case anyone's wondering. Yes, quite a considerable amount like Bruce Forsyth. Oh, that's exactly what it is. It does, see? He looks like Bruce Forsyth. He just does. He does. If you if you don't know what he looks like, Google him. He's essentially Bruce American Bruce Forsyth. Yes. So, I I mean I'm looking at him, and unlike some of the other candidates which you've presented to me, he is well not unlike quite similarly too. He's just an old man. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know your taste, but is he? Oh, yeah, is he? oh yes, he is. In fact. Uh, he was born in 1944, so he's 77. So tell me what it is that you find so attractive about this man. Well, I like independent thinkers. Okay. I like people who are willing to be mavericks and break away from the crowd. I, I can only respect that. His tie is... I like the pattern on his tie. <laughs> what are you avoiding here? What am I avoiding? What are you avo- well, you're saying a lot of things that have nothing to do with his actual appearance. I... I don't judge people's worth based on their appearance, for goodness sake. That's the point of the show! Why else would I have? Why would <laughs> What a... How dare you? Okay, come on. How come on. Tell us you? the scores. Tell us the scores. Okay. So for looks, Senator King receives a six. Um, He's not, you know... This is a six. He's an old man. Like, in terms of con- in terms of what I find attractive conventionally, he's, he's, in, the, he's in the higher half. Uh, for charm... He gets an eight. An eight? That is high. I know he's he, based on interviews and like things I've seen. Mm-hmm. He's quite a charming person. His ideology score is zero point four nine, which puts him in a six in the policy column. Six in the policy column. Which gives him an overall rating of sixty six point seven percent and an aesthetic rating of seventy percent. Seventy percent. And how does that compare to to other members? Bernie Sanders, let's say, since he's the other independent. Uh, well, aesthetically, he's um, slightly... Well, Bernie Sanders receives 60% for aesthetics, so he's 10% higher. But Bernie Sanders also received a 73.3% overall, so he's a 6. He's 6.6% less overall hot, in inverted commas, than Senator Bernie Sanders. Just uh, where, we're, where we're at, this, this makes independence... The hottest uh, party affiliation. I don't know if I don't. I don't know what it was last week, but this um, this week, independents. I think it was Republicans. Okay, well, this week, independents have pulled ahead and uh, are the hottest overall party affiliation. But are the least hot aesthetic party affiliation? Least hot aesthetic party affiliation. Interesting. Indeed. Because there's only two of them, and they're both quite old men. Yeah. That's that's, that's understandable. Um. I, mean, I don't really have much to say about him other than he absolutely looks like Bruce Forsyth and I can't get over how much he looks like Bruce Forsyth. It's to an unbelievable extent. I see him and I just think Bruce Forsyth. It's impossible not to. 
So, uh, as always, as rather expectedly, coming to the end of this Hot or Not segment, um, I, uh, Evan thinks hot, and I think not. You've been listening to America's Hottest Politicians with Matthew Lyon and Evan Dixon. Hello and welcome back to the main section of the podcast. Uh, what are we going to talk about in this section, Matthew? You mentioned that you were looking around your room for inspiration. <laughs> well, I was looking around my room for inspiration and I found uh, this book that I've been reading. It's more of, well, it's not really a book, it's more of just a sort of, uh, it's, a, it's a catchism, I believe is the correct term, although I don't really know what that means. Uh, and it's called The Principles of Communism by Frederick Engels. Friedrich, Friedrich, German man, um, most famously wrote The Communist Manifesto with Karl Marx. Um, was a a, good, a big friend of Karl Marx, and I've been reading it. And as much as I already know most of the stuff that's in it, I think if you don't know much about uh, this uh, about communism and this topic and and the kind of left wing ideals, this would be a really good book to read because unlike something like the Communist Manifesto, which is essentially an expanded version of this, it's very concise. It's basically a, a set of if I look to the very end, twenty five. Hang on, you may hear pages so I can get 25 questions that someone may have about communism and then there are Marxism and then they're all answered, just laid out, super simple. It's like a really short book. It's only 46 pages and it's just, it would be like if you're wanted to learn more, be a super good book before you move on to something bigger like Capital or, or uh, the, the Manifesto because it's, it's sort of more concise and Engels has a more sort of understandable writing style than Marx did. At least in in translated works. Firstly, Firstly, it's pronounced catechism, but also catechism. I, I like it does not look like that. Yeah, but sure. But also, I like how you, I like I, I like the assumption that we have a massive Marxist following. I mean, not even for well, if we have a if if anyone in the audience is already a Marxist, then they they know this stuff. So it's not really for marxists and it even at the time it wasn't for marxists because it was written it was basically commissioned by the communist league um in in london i believe to to give out as a sort of almost like an informational leaflet kind of thing so if there's anyone listening who's sort of interested in this stuff that's who i would recommend it for i wouldn't recommend it for a seasoned marxist if you could say <laughs> I don't know what, like, I wouldn't call myself a seasoned Marxist. I'm quite new to the arena, but I just happen to have not read this specific one yet. And it's actually super easy to understand and, you know, user-friendly, you might say, for for new, for newbies. Or even if you weren't, int- like, if you just wanted to know more, you know? Here at Worlds Without Wisdom, we acknowledge that economics, like people, is not black and white. Do we? I don't know. I was just. Uh, I mean, no, economics just, is a massively. Co- I just wanted to say something. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, economics is a massively complicated system, uh, but this is a pretty good example of of a, a structure or at least a model for a way to achieve a system which is massively fairer than the one we currently live in. So, if you're interested in that, give it a read. And if you'd like to send us some uh, fascist uh, materials. Please do so at Words Without Wisdom, uh, W-I-S-D-M, at gmail.com. Please do that, actually, yes. We would love to hear from you. Because we, you know, because we encourage free thought and debate here. And we also encourage Even emails, right. because we love emails. We want emails. Please send us emails. 
We love emails. Words without wisdom, words without wisdm at gmail.com. The ironic thing, actually, to get back to the comedy and less of the seriousness of this podcast, um, is that I bought this from eBay from a from a sort of a little shop, you know, a little seller, uh, in the vein of, you know, the spirit. And it arrived in an Amazon package. <laughs> I, I, I will say a giant Amazon package. It's an A3 size Amazon envelope, which contained uh I don't even know what size this would be. It's not quite A4, but it's not quite as small as A5 sized book, which I think is hilarious and utterly ironic. So that's good stuff there. It's not very environmentally friendly packaging, but Oh yes, yes, very much. Not very environmentally friendly. As I was friendly. saying earlier, we're all hypocrites about something and uh I think I think everyone's probably a hypocrite about like the environment. Oh, oh even yeah. Greta Thunberg yeah. is probably Everyone a, has like, to probably... be a hypocrite about the environment because we it's much like um it's it's almost like sort of one of those takes that you'd hear on on GMB from from Piers Morgan before he yeah. was fired where he'd 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 bring on an environmental activist and then say is that a is that a wooden shelf I see behind you and then but you'd also but you'd also bring on an environmental activist who was such a bad arguer oh, I mean yeah like, they always a bad they pick the ones that are like they always get Benjamin Butterworth on to debate <sighs> it, what a moron. He's just rubbish. Well, he's not a moron. He's just not very good at his job. Apparently, he's a journalist of some description, but I, I don't know what kind of journalist he is. Then again, I could say the same for a journalist that has like Piers Morgan. I know. And it's like, well, two people that I, two people whose views I absolutely loathe. There is, there is no way for me to, you're alienating, you're alienating me as an audience member. Ah, well, ITV. at least he's gone now and he's going to GB News. What do you think of GB News? Because I, I remember you saying something about it. I'm very it. excited for it to launch, actually. Why are you? Just like, just that? to see how it is. Uh-huh. Just to see how it is. Just to see if it's going to be as, as polarising as everyone says it will be. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to it with an open mind. Is it actually, no, is it, is it a paid-for service? Is it like a streaming thing? Or is it going to be on Freeview? Or? I think it will be. No, I think it will be on Freeview. Oh. In fact, it will definitely be on Freeview, I'm sure. Two three six, if I remember right. I say that I don't watch TV, but <laughs> I'm sure I'll just see YouTube clips of whatever's on it. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically the way most people consume the news now. And speaking of consuming media, I think it is time for us to talk about another form of media. A television, television show, would you say? I, indeed, I would. Yes, it's that time of the week again. We're going to be ranking Doctor Who episodes, and this and 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 this week, we're on series two. We are, we are on series two. Now, this is, and I have a question for you before we start this, and I'm going to ask you this for every episode of this kind. Okay, of course, the first episode we're doing is the Christmas Invasion, and I I enjoy really enjoy this this question is that I'm going to ask you because it it depends on the special. But do you believe that the Christmas Invasion, although I think you've just given away your answer, is a part of series two, or series one? interesting question probably probably i i think in my head i'd probably consider it series two because it's a tenant episode that is true because because we all then the the specials are always kind of explicably linked to to one series or another 
and it's often the dis- yeah. the the subject of discussion as to which they link to. But as we go through them and as we get to each special, I'll ask you that same question. We'll see if we have any disagreements. But I would also agree it's a, very much a series two episode because as much as it's carrying on from series one, series one is kind of done. Like the arc of series one and the Doctor of series one, they're yeah. all just they're all gone. This is the lead into series two more than the lead out of series one. Exactly because series one yeah. doesn't really require this episode, but season two does. That's kind of how I see it. Uh-huh. But as an episode, The Christmas Invasion, uh, how do you feel about it? I mean, I like it. I like the Sycorax. I like Harriet Jones, who's now Prime Minister. I like Jackie and Mickey. Who's now actually Prime... I missed that news. When did Boris Johnson leave? <laughs> oh, could I would you... love Penelope Wilton. I would also love... Not Harriet Jones. Yeah. No, maybe not Harriet Jones, but Penelope Wilton. Yeah, she would she would be for. a good Prime Minister. <laughs> yeah, no, I think The Christmas Invasion was super good. Like, as an introduction to first of all it's the first christmas special we've covered and i think this is kind of i've just i keep talking about the fact it's a christmas special but it's also a christmas special and I, another thing i like to rank kind of base my judgment of christmas specials on is also how christmassy they are because as a christmas special it needs to be christmassy and this is a very christmassy episode you know you've got christmas trees you've got santas you've got yeah. it being christmas day you've got christmas family dinners at the end you've got snow you got you know you got everything or the Doctor Who trope of snow that isn't actually snow, but it's ash, or it's done on purpose, or it's you know what, you know what. Um, yeah, but overall, I think it's a really good episode. Really risky choice to have David Tennant unconscious for most of it, but it just makes the moments that he is there so much yeah, more satisfying. Yeah, episodes worked in this series. Yeah, well, or in, in <laughs> well, Doctor Light episodes work worked most of the time. The Christmas Invasion, <laughs> not so much the rest of this series, but we'll get to that. Um. So I would give the Christmas Invasion probably a good. I think the Christmas Invasion is a good story. I think so too. So I'm going to put that up there, and you seem to agree. So moving away from the Christmas special now, a small gap in the first episode of series two, New Earth. Our first introduction New to New Earth. 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 It's Earth. Yeah. So our first introduction to the new planet new of New Earth. Earth. New 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 Earth. New New York. Cassandra New York, yeah. returns. Chip, Cassandra returns. The doctor, or Cass- the doctor playing Cassandra in the doctor's body, which is super fun stuff. I oh. love all that. Again, Zoe Wanamaker, if she if she was a candidate for prime minister, I would vote for her, or I would vote for her party. So I mean, New Earth for me is like, eh. Okay, there are fun moments, but as an overall story, it's kind of nothing, and a pretty disappointing first episode. I'm. I'm not sure. I agree. I think it's quite. It's quite a fun introduction. It's fun, but it's inter- it's disappointing. Disappointing in terms of it's like the second story of the Doctor, and he spends a lot of it not as the Doctor. If you know what I mean. Well, maybe. But I. That's because, and this is interesting. That's because this episode wasn't actually originally intended to be first, which is. Oh, I didn't know that. The the, the product it was moved around, which is why I think it's quite obvious that there's very little. Like it's the doctor's, it's this new doctor's second episode, and they're kind of just quite, or or David Tennant, like they're they're quite comfortable with themselves. There's not a lot of the more sort of questioning themselves elements or learning about their character that we get in other second episodes. Uh-huh. If you think about well, Matt, maybe. if you think about Matt Smith's second episode, The Beast Below, you know there's like there's a lot in that about who the doctor is and who this new doctor is going to be, and you know he's like I'm going to commit murder, and then he's like, mm, well maybe not. <laughs> You know, and there's there's a, not a lot of that in this episode. I suppose. I suppose. 
So, I mean, what, what, where would you put it on our ranked tier list? Just for anyone who doesn't know, our ranked tier list goes from the greatest to amazing to good to okay to bad to awful. And then not canon is on there, but we're just ignoring that because I don't think anything is not canon. No, I don't, I don't believe in that. Um, I, I would say good, but you may disagree. You would say good? I think it's just a fun introduction to the series. And, I, you know, I don't think in terms of the arc it, it needs to be too... I really want to put it in okay, though. Seminal. I think... I mean, well, I feel like we're putting a lot of episodes in good now as well. Like, good is really building up at this point. And I, a lot, well, a lot of episodes are good. They are, but I just don't feel it stands up as an episode to like to something like Rose or Father's Day or Boomtown or, or, you know, the Christmas Invasion. Well, I'm willing to... I'm willing to put it in okay. Okay. As long as you'll hear me out. I will. I mean, one. yeah, I will. So that's in okay. Uh, and the next episode, you clearly have some sort of opinion on, so... I, I just... I, I, I never liked Tooth and Claw. No, I agree with you. Oh, good. So I'm... I'm Again, I think I mentioned last or a couple of episodes ago, historical episodes don't do it for me, really. I don't mind historical um, episodes. It's not like... A, it's like I, I can enjoy them if they're well written, if they're good stories. I just think the Tooth and Claw yeah. is kind of... It, I mean, I enjoy the, the Queen Victoria performance. I enjoy the Scottish setting and, and all those sort of little things. But as an overall story, it's just kind of meh. And a lot of people forget about it. Yeah. I mean, I almost forgot about it until like I thought about what the next episode was. I was like, what is... I don't even know. I mean, and, and it's not really helped by the slightly aged special effects of the werewolf oh god yeah and also just and just forgettable to be honest the fact that you of all people had to think about yeah, it yeah i mean i like even even sort of you know to episode. give to give props to new earth i was like yeah i know new earth it's yeah it's new earth this one i was just like um yeah. oh hi oh, there you go you know so i i would i would say okay possibly even bad i would i would, I would agree with bad I think I think I'm willing to put it in bad. Not that it not that it's explicitly bad because I don't think any. No, it's I don't no, think there's any. Epi- there are not that many episodes of Doctor Who that I would say were actually bad. At least not. Yeah. At least not until much later. But in terms of relativity to everything else, I think it, I I would agree with bad. So the ne- skill reunion is good. Skill reunion is fantastic. Oh. Or amazing. Yeah. Fantastic is not an option. Amazing. Skill reunion is amazing. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm willing. I'm, I mean, I'm willing come to on, it's the return of Elizabeth Sawyer. The, 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 the whole Sarah Jane. I mean, don't eat chips, they make you fat just... and also smart. <laughs> but Sarah Jane is such an icon. I mean, even for, like, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like to see Sarah Jane come back if you'd watched her in the classic series in the 70s. But even mm-hmm. as someone who didn't, like, who hadn't seen that, I still knew who she was and knew, like, and it was still a great performance. Yeah, me too, I think. And it was still really enjoyable, and she's still great in it, obviously, and, like, the banter between her and Rose. And ge- generally, as a story, and K-9, it's just... K-9 oh, and Mickey, K- the banter between K-9, K-9 and Mickey. K-9 and Mickey are great in this. Mickey's sort of getting a bit more to do. Just great stuff. Great yeah. stuff. You have the Kelatines. The Kirillatine. The Kirillatine are so-so, but but um, Anthony Head's performance as Mr. Finch, or the head of the... Did you have to look up his I name? I did, I couldn't remember. I'm so I'm so disappointed in myself, I am. But yeah, Anthony Head is Mr. Finch. Outstanding guest star performance. I mean, Doctor Who, mm-hmm. like, has a very hit or miss with its guest stars. But this one, mmm, exquisite. 
menacing and when he turns back into a human and he like cracks his thing and it, oh it's all just so well like well performed you know yeah so so fantastic so amazing we should make it fantastic but it's amazing uh, amazing for school reunion yeah yeah so that's all we have time for uh this week thank you very much for listening to the podcast as always um we're very happy to have you here if you have any thoughts on what we said this week make sure to email them to wordswithoutwisdom at gmail.com that is wordswithoutwisdm no o in the wisdom at gmail.com uh make sure i haven't said this before actually but i probably should tell you to follow or subscribe wherever you are uh, listening to your podcast and if you can on the podcast app you're listening or you're using make sure to rate the podcast five stars because you love it so much um follow and subscribe and share with all your friends that's all the things i have to say to to make us bigger i know it's annoying but i have to say it so i think that's that's us done that's us done so i'd like to say thank you for listening for me from me Goodbye.